Welcome to the Big Bang. Welcome to stargazing. There's so many stars around Wigtown. Once you get out of the lights, the street lights and the house lights, or have your back to them, you can see lots and lots of stars. It takes a little while to get your eyesight adapted to see the most stars and the most things in the dark. So what you want to do is you want to walk away from those lights in about half an hour. You don't have to walk all of that way, but in of about half an hour, you'll be able to see a lot more stars. After about 15 minutes, your pupils are as big as they get. And then after that, there's some chemicals at the back of your eyes that will help you to see light from dark so much better. And then you can really start stargazing. Now, from Wigtown, I just go down to Wigtown Harbour. It's a great place. Sometimes I go up into the Galloway Forest where I've got a kind of view around me. There are lots and lots of different places to go stargazing. And for most people, the place to start when you're looking at the stars is something that most people recognise because we have the plough very often called the Big Dipper in America. Sometimes even now it's a saucepan because not too many people have seen the old fashioned plough that would be pulled by a horse. And it's a saucepan-y shape. I've even heard it called the shopping cart, but very often it's one of the things that people can pick out. It's something that they've learned about. I mean, across the world, wherever you can see the plough, it has a name. In Norway, it's called Karl's Cart. So if we look up at it, it's got a kind of square to start with, and then it's got an arch for a handle. And it is really recognisable from that point of view. If you look along the arch, if you start with the square and then go from the corner, go along that curving handle and you go one star in, two stars in, there's actually a really interesting star. Or possibly I should say two stars. If you've got really good eyesight, you can pick out two stars there. And those two stars are not actually all that are there. Those stars have other stars around them. So those two stars actually have six stars in total. So if you look at it and think what it would be like to be on an Earth like ours, a planet like ours, with possibly six suns rising at different times, it would be amazing. Some would be brighter than others and some would be dimmer than others. But just, I mean, would there be any night time? Would they see stars like ours? Maybe not. However, we can use the plough for another reason we can use it to actually find an important star in its own right, one that helps us to navigate, the North Star. So if we go back to the square and we take the furthest two stars, what we can do is we can measure the distance between those and then the way that they point, we go one, two, three, four, almost five, and we come to a, a star. It doesn't shine that brightly. A lot of people think our North Star must shine really brightly actually doesn't but it's an important star because it shows us the way we can find north now 
And if we can find north, we can find east and west and south. So if we go back to the plough itself, the plough is actually something called an asterism. And an asterism is different from a constellation. And stars are in groups, so they make patterns. And we love patterns. And then we love stories. So the plough is an asterism, but it's part of a bigger constellation. And it's a really big con constellation. It's the big bear. And we have to look for extra stars around it to find it. Going from the square, if you look from the bottom of the pan, not where the handle is, the opposite side, you can actually see a kind of another little curve that ends up in two stars. That's the back legs of the bear. If you go a little bit further up and you make a bigger rectangle, you can actually go from one of those stars curving along again to two more stars that are together. And that's the front paws of the bear. Now, many people do say that bears don't have tails, but they do, they have short tails. And in many places, they actually have stories about this big bear, but it's not actually a tail that's following it, but it's hunters that are following it. And one of the stories that I love the most is about the chickadee, the blue jay, and the robin, all of which are following the big bear. And it's a story about seasons, because all of these birds were very hungry. That's why they were following the bear. And eventually, after many moons and many marches, they catch up with the big bear. And the robin is first there, and the robin strikes the big bear with a spear. And some of the bear's blood splashes onto the robin, giving it its bright red breast. And some of the blood falls down onto the earth and onto the trees, and that's why we have red leaves in the autumn. The chickadee, now the chickadee is a kind of yellowish bird, you can tell this is not a British legend or a British story. It's one that comes over from America. So the chickadee is a yellow bird. And remember that that's the one that has the extra star beside it. So the chickadee is carrying a cooking pot. And they get the bear and they put it into the pot and they start boiling it up. And they boil it up until the lard and the fats come off. And the lard and the fat splashes on the chickadee which is why it's yellow. And some of that lard and fat falls down onto the earth and onto the trees. And that's why we have yellow trees in the autumn. Now there is the blue jay, and I've never quite figured out what the blue jay does and how it gets its blue color. But there must be a story connected with it as well.